your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay Foster. Today we are going to be talking about Rick Nash, uh, generally considered one of the best Blue Jackets in history. Um, with the 20th anniversary coming up, uh, I'm going to debate whether or not we should put his jersey in the rafters. We've also got a little bit of signing news from the end of last week, uh, so we'll go over that at the end. Uh, but first, so... We're going to start off with some of the positive things about Rick Nash. Um, obviously, he played here for a very long time. He was, you know, while he was here, he was, you know, unquestionably the best, the best forward that we had, maybe the best player that we had. Um, I am just going to pull up some of the Blue Jackets records um, because, as this may surprise you, he holds basically all of the all-time records for forwards. Um, so I pulled it up. So he is the career leader in games, goals, power play goals, shorthanded goals, game-winning goals, assists, points, shots on goal, time on ice. Uh, the only three all-time records that he doesn't hold are hat-tricks, uh, which Cam Atkinson uh, just recently took over the record for this season, I believe. Uh, plus minus, which belongs to David Savard, and penalty minutes, shockingly, uh, which belongs to Jared Ball. Um, he also has the... Uh, he tied for the most goals in a season with 41. Uh, he has the record for power play goals in a season with 19, short-handed goals, shots on goal... Uh, and then goals per game, he was sitting at 0.57 uh, in a season, which is which is great. Um, so, you know, he holds a lot of records for the team. Uh, and I think probably that's a due to a combination of, A, him being very good, which, you know, we all knew, um, and the team being quite bad. Um, so I think it, it's... Obviously, we can look at that, but I don't know how much of that we can attribute just to him being a really good player and um, everyone else being not very good. Um, I will say that Cam Atkinson is coming up on a lot of those records, um, so I think he's the active active leader for a lot of the, the all-time ones. Um, he, yeah, he's... 90 goals behind Nash. Uh, he's only two goal, two behind shorthanded goals, but you know he's he's still got a lot. He's still got a long way to go. Like I mean, he only has half the amount of power play goals that Rick Nash has. For example, um, he's just under 200 points away from Rick Nash for all time. So you know that he's got a way to go before before he beats that. Um, and I think. This season, or no, not this season. Um, I believe that Pierre Luc Dubois broke his rookie points record, and 
that was from like 2003 I believe so you know it's a record that stood for almost 17 years um so you know the, the the point I'm making here is he did a lot for for this club um and I kind of I asked around on Twitter um I made a I made a, I made a, a poll almost asking you know should we should we retire his jersey or not so I'm just gonna uh someone said uh yes because you know he's the best player he has holds a lot of records um and it's not his fault that the GM couldn't figure out a way to build the team around him uh because he had to shoulder this team for so many years doing his best to succeed even when the team was weighed down by the front office's incompetence which is uh, harsh but fair I think um Someone else says, you know, he was the best player on a bad team for a long time. Played hard every night knowing they probably weren't going to win. He's everything you want your kid to be when he plays hockey. Uh, He brought this team to their first ever playoff appearance against Detroit. Uh, He is forever a CBJ legend for the time and passion he gave to this team. He's now where he belongs, front office with the Jackets. Um, That was actually what, um, what warmed me to Rick Nash in general. Um is he decided to come home. Um, I know there was there was thought that he would maybe come and play here, but obviously with, with his concussion issues, he decided to retire instead. Um, and he took a job with the front office. I believe he's, like, the assistant to the GM. I believe he works quite closely with, with Yama Kekalainen. Um so, you know, I'm a, I, I really like it when players kind of come home to where they were drafted or where they played for for a very long time. Um, and I wondered if he might just stay in New York, but apparently not. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of compelling reasons to retire, retire his jersey. You know, he is probably the best player that's ever played for the Blue Jackets. Um, He's, you know, he's, as I said before, he holds all of the records, um, and he's the longest tenured Blue Jacket, just in terms of games played. He played just under 700 games for us, um, and I believe the the active leader for that is Cam Atkinson, uh, with just under 550. So, um, lots of, lots of reasons. Um, coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk about some reasons that maybe we shouldn't retire the jersey number uh, but first let me tell you about built bar uh built bar is back uh they have a bunch of great new flavors for you to try um each bar is low in carbs and high in protein and honestly they are friggin' delicious uh i'm super excited about the new flavors we've got a caramel brownie we've got cookies and cream we've got cherry barcia we've got lemon almond cheesecake we've got we've got apple almond crisp and my personal favorite uh carrot cake uh, and I know a lot of these like protein bars market themselves as you know delicious and nutritious, and actually they kind of taste like someone dipped a piece of sawdust into chocolate and just mashed it together. But Bilt Bar legitimately tastes just like an actual candy bar. Um, and you know, as a person who tries to eat healthy but really loves candy bars, these are kind of perfect for me. Uh, right now, Bilt Bar is giving you a free cooler with every purchase while stocks last. And if, like me, your apartment is constantly at, like, 80 degrees or above and you don't want to have to get up to go to the fridge every time you want a snack, these coolers are perfect to kind of 
live on your desk and keep your built bars in. Uh, and with the offer code locked on, all one word, you can get 10 bucks off your first order. Uh, if you want to watch your weight or you just love treats, you know, run, don't walk to builtbar.com and find a new favorite flavor today. Remember, you can find this podcast on Twitter at LO underscore bluejackets. You can find me on Twitter at jthegoalie. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget to hit subscribe so this podcast gets dropped directly into your feed. You don't have to go looking for it. It just appears. Um, I always held a small grudge against Rick Nash, partially because he asked for a trade, um, which in hindsight, I don't know how much I can fault him. You know, he the team was really, really bad. He didn't necessarily owe the team anything. If they weren't going to field a competitive team, then I think, yeah, he was well within his rights to want to go somewhere else. But there is still that part of me that's like, why would you Why would you ask out? You know, it's the same part of me that still kind of has that negativity towards players like Bobrovsky, who walked away last season um, for, you know, a big payday. Um, which, again, logically, can't fault him. Go make that money. But also, why would you want to leave my team? Um... The other thing I, I have always kind of held a, a grudge against him for is his first game back in Nationwide. Um, everyone kind of was really happy to see him, and then he got in a, like a scuffle and he punched Bobrovsky in the throat. And so that was um, kind of getting into the Blue Jackets. That was one of the first things that things that I remember hearing about him was that he kind of was ungrateful and he clearly didn't want to be here. He clearly didn't like the guys that much if he's going to, you know, punch the goalie in the throat. Um, so, you know, there was there was a lot of kind of animosity from me because of these things that I kind of heard secondhand. Um, as for retiring his jersey, I can see arguments against it. There's a lot of... Um, there's a big focus in hockey on winning as a team, and when Rick Nash was a Blue Jacket, they did not do that. Um, People talk about it a lot in terms of guys like John Tavares, who's a very, very good hockey player, but because he hasn't won a cup, people are writing him off and saying he's, like, a disappointment. Um, There's actually a tweet going around saying, you know, which, which NHL star did you... Which NHLer did you think had the potential to be a star and then it didn't pan out? Um, and I kind of clicked on the thread and the first two answers were Austin Matthews. Because, again, you know, you can you can score as many goals as you want, but if the team's not winning, then the team's not winning. And John Tavares as well, because, you know, personal success means nothing if you can't win the cup. Which I think is kind of an, uh, one of the bigger arguments for not retiring the jersey. Um, you know, he had his most... He had his biggest playoff successes in New York with with the Rangers, so it's hard to kind of say, oh, he was he did really well for this team if all of his accolades are personal instead of like team based. Um, which is again a lot of the um, the argument the argument against him. So one guy said no uh, because numbers don't get raised for guys who never won a playoff series. Uh, our good community guys, our fan favourites. 
are the first legitimate superstar in team's history. Um, all of these things are cute, but you don't get retired for them. Um, he also added that he grew up a uh, Red Wings fan, and it's really telling that 91 and 30 are not retired there. Um, and so that's kind of his personal standard in terms of whether a player should be should get his number retired. Um, and then someone else said... Um, they said no because uh, I'm a big sport, big supporter of a small hall approach to jersey retirement. I'm not entirely sure that Nash qualifies. Yes, he's our best player historically for the longest amount of time, but is that worthy of jersey retirement? I don't think retiring a number just to do it because you don't have one retired already is the move. Uh, that said, it seems like it may already be unofficially temporarily retired anyway, so if people keep avoiding his number, maybe just make it official. Um, but it's fine not to retire numbers. Eventually, you're going to run out. Um, and, yeah, that, I kind of agree with that in terms of, like, the Jackets don't have... Obviously, the only number that they have retired right now is 99. I don't know that anyone has worn 61 since Rick Nash. Um, whether that's just, you know, coincidence or because guys are kind of warned, warned off it. Um, it's... I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I, I, I definitely get where, where that's coming from. It feels very much like, oh, it's the 20th anniversary, we've got to do something big, let's retire a jersey. And obviously the only guy that's even in contention is Rick Nash. Um, I, if you'd asked me like two years ago, you know, who which Blue Jacket would get their jerseys retired, I would have said without a doubt Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, and then obviously he, he left. Um, I'm not saying that they won't, retire him his number later but it seems unlikely uh rick nash i think is definitely the best candidate to have his jersey retired um and it feels a little bit kind of like it's obligation almost if that makes sense to to retire it um which yeah i can see why why it feels a little bit almost like pandering um to the fans like hey look we're gonna we're going to do this big thing for the 20th anniversary and we're going to sell a bunch of Rick Nash jerseys. Um, so I don't know. Um, I do like to think that like fan reactions have cooled down a little bit. Um, I know the last time I was in Columbus at a game, uh, I did see at least one jersey, like a Rick Nash jersey that had the Nash taped over and someone had written trash on it. Um, which, you know, do what it's like, it's your jersey, do what you want. Um, but I don't know how receptive the fans would be to buying Rick Nash jerseys. Uh, probably a little bit more since he came back and is now working for the organisation. But before that, it was very much a case of, like, there's only really three guys that get booed in Nationwide. Uh, and one of them is Jeff Carter. Uh, one of them is Sidney Crosby. And one of them was Rick Nash. So... I'd be interested to see kind of the general fan reaction if they do decide to retire his his number. Um, where, in terms of sh should we retire it, I kind of... I go back and forth on this. Um, I do think, yeah, he probably does deserve to get his jersey number retired. If you look at the team in a vacuum... He was the best player on this team by a very wide margin for a very long time. 
um, I hate the argument that individual accolades mean nothing if you can't win a cup. Um, I mean, look at a guy like Joe Thornton. Um, up until a couple of years ago, people were saying that Alex Ovechkin wasn't wasn't a legitimate superstar because he couldn't win a cup. Um, winning a cup is not an individual thing. If the team around you is bad, you cannot... Like, one guy is not going to win a cup, and I think it's unfair to judge a guy's career based on a team thing. You know? Um, it's it's like blaming one employee if the company's not making enough money when it's, you know, it's... What are the other 20 guys doing that are not that are also not making money but are not as good at the job? Um... So, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that the lack of team success during Rick Nash's tenure should be a mark against him. Um, but I also do kind of see that it feels a little bit like, uh, oh, we need to do this. We need to do something. Let's just do this. As opposed to um, act, like assigning any actual worth to it. Um whether they will or not, I think they probably will. Um, which again, I'm not. I'm not super opposed to. Um, as far as like twentieth anniversary celebrations go, it's quite a poignant one. Um, so we'll just have to kind of, kind of wait and see, I guess. Um, coming up in just a minute, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of re-signing news. Uh, remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on any kind of podcast app that you you choose to use. So, you know, hit hit subscribe, and there we are. Nice and, nice and easy. Um, so, some news that I was going to talk about at the end of last week, and then I had technical issues, and then it was, it was all a big thing. Um, Gabriel Carson... Resigned, which is not the not the RFA resigning that we wanted, but it is one that we needed. I think um, it's what is it? I think it's it is a two year, one point four five million contract. Uh, so just over seven hundred grand uh, per year, which yeah is about what I expected for Carlson. Um, Again, like I talked about last week, I don't know how much time he'll see. Um, I assume he will either get a lot of time in Cleveland or um, we will pay him to kind of sit around with the big club and wait for someone to get injured. Uh, you know, knock on wood, not that won't happen. Um, which is tough because you want to see the guy get ice time with the in the NHL, but you don't want guys to be injured, so... It's always it's always tough for like a a defenseman or you know even a forward or a goalie kind of on that bubble of just kind of having to wait around for their chance and not being able to play. Um, so obviously that kind of that ties up a little bit of the money, but we still have uh, I think I checked I think we still have about twelve million before um, Brandon Dubinsky goes on presumably long term IR. So that'll be just over 17 million to re-sign Dubois and Gavrikov, which, yeah, is is more than enough. Um, I don't know that Dubois will get offer-sheeted, um, especially because Kekalainen has been so vocal about, like, 
if you offer sheet him, we're just going to pay. This is what we have all of this cap space for. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see what the final number is there. Um, I was hoping he would sign over the weekend, uh, but I'm not necessarily surprised that he's not. Um, I would like to think that we get both of them re-signed before training camp starts in, I think, mid-December is, is when they're looking at starting. So, uh, fingers, fingers crossed on that. Um, I do also want to give a quick shout out, um, just before I started recording, they announced that Doc Emmerich is retiring. Um, he had a phenomenal career. Uh, he called like four, I think he called 43 Stanley Cups, which is, you know, incredible. Um, no one has really kind of had a career, a career like him, uh, after, you know, 3.75 thousand professional and Olympic hockey games, 22 Stanley Cup finals. Uh, Mike Emmerich has announced his retirement. And so, you know, from from this podcast and from Blue Jackets fan base in general, you know, just a big thank you to Doc for being just a really phenomenal and iconic announcer. You know, he... He has a a way of announcing games like no one else I've I've ever really listened to, and it's gonna be weird not hearing him on on the broadcast anymore. So uh, tomorrow I'm sitting down with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils to talk about Ryan Murray. Uh, I'll try to keep my weeping to a minimum, but I can promise nothing. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that and I will see you tomorrow.